The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is Serious Serious Fun. Really bad feeling about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Serious Fun. As always, I am your host, Dr. Brian Carr, and uh, this is our last Serious Fun of the year, of the decade, if you want to be a, a pedantic about it. Um, and also, it's, it's really just a big time for things ending in general, because the week that I'm recording this, is, of course, I'm recording this on December 20th, uh, we have just now seen the official release of the final film, or allegedly the final film, in the Skywalker saga of the Star Wars franchise, The Rise of Skywalker. And, uh, you know... Obviously, I think it's important to note that uh, Disney is very much interested in making money. I think there will be more Star Wars movies. But there is nonetheless a sense of finality to this because we had just gotten to know this new cast and we are now um, finishing the franchise after, quite frankly, a couple years in which a lot of people were very mad about uh, The Last Jedi uh, for reasons that, I'm just going to say it, I think are wrong. I think The Last Jedi is going to go down in 20 years or so as probably one of the best Star Wars films ever made, if not the best, um, but uh, that's a, maybe a podcast for another time, maybe in 20 years. So I wanted to take a moment uh, to sort of reflect as we're kind of on this uh, precipice of things ending and talk about what Star Wars means and how it kind of reflects our humanity, our past, our interests, that kind of thing. Um, but really what this episode is, is an attempt to ask a very simple question. What does Star Wars mean to you? So I, I decided I'd start off by answering my own question. And there's really two things I can point to uh, as far as Star Wars for me personally. I mean, first off, I had come to the franchise relatively late. I know, um, you know, I, I think I saw it for the first time, like late elementary, early middle school, like, you know, fifth or sixth grade, somewhere in there, maybe fourth were really being... Uh, I, I think that's about right. Again, I'm not working with notes here, sorry. Uh, and so I, I saw the movies fairly late. I really liked them, but the bulk of my Star Wars experience was really in the extended universe. I loved the novels, especially the X-Wing novels with Wraith Squadron and Wedge Antilles. Um, and uh, I loved like the games, your Jedi Knight and that kind of thing. Uh, and of course, you know, as, as I had more availability and opportunity, I went to go see the movies and really fell in love with them some more. But Star Wars to me was always kind of this thing where I, I love the idea of this big, uh, you know, this expansive galaxy of characters, some of whom are uh, these kind of heroic figures or these kind of like legendary figures, the space wizards and that kind of thing, but a lot of whom are just these kind of, you know, dirt bags, your smugglers, your bounty hunters, that kind of thing. I'm loving the Mandalorian for that reason. Um, but also just a bunch of weirdos. Some of my favorite Star Wars characters are just the kind of strange one-off characters like Salacious Crumb, uh, just the little monkey lizard guy that hangs out with Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> 
and for more recently in this new film, I'm a big, big fan of Babu Frick. Um, you know, the, the cute little characters and that kind of thing, just how much this universe feels lived in in a way that a lot of other big franchise media doesn't. And how much a lot of that has to do with the sort of collaborative and kind of uh, decentralized nature of the structure of the narrative and how it's George Lucas's idea, but so many others have gone in and created their own take on it and done things that have pushed it forward and added to this larger sort of collective narrative. Um, it's really something special, and honestly, I would consider it like, you know, that's what I love about Star Wars, and that's why I think Star Wars is one of my favorite things. Like, I, I always joke when I talk about in my media classes, we make, I, I teach about how Disney's kind of slowly strangling the life out of contemporary culture and, and, and business and that kind of thing, but also they make everything I love. Marvel, Star Wars, the old cartoons, that kind of thing. So, uh, it's, it's a very challenging thing. It is pointless to resist my son. But the other thing about Star Wars, uh, there's really, um, when I sit down and watch a movie, there's always two things I'm looking for. And it's, I don't know if this is weird, but uh, it's, it's when you sit down in, in, the, in the theater and, and it's quiet and the, you know, a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away comes up and then wait for it, wait for it. There it is. Uh, that little sting at the beginning lets you know that you're about to go on another adventure and you know it's, it's filling you in what's happened in the last couple of years since the last movie you saw um, and then at the end it's the you know John Williams does this amazing job of like creating this this score and this 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 incredible sort of leitmotif for uh, Star Wars and the other thing that I always wait for in the movie is when you know the the, the crescendo the, the plot has reached its climax the you know the, the villain has been defeated or what have you and then um, the score kind of kicks up and then are you have this you know instant kind of uh, transition this one right here and it brings it back to this kind of central idea that everything in Star Wars is connected it's all part of this larger myth and saga and all of the the shows and the movies and all that come back to this sort of musical motif and so that's what I find fascinating about it in a lot of ways it's just it's not just like a particular movie or anything like that it's the prem it's the premise and the power of all the things the imaginative things you can do in this big kind of slapdash uh, you know, world that was sort of just like, it's a miracle any of this ever happened, and yet here it is, one of the biggest media franchises of all time. And I'm far from the only one who has like a personal attachment to Star Wars. So that's what this show is. This episode of Serious Fun uh, is less about uh, any one particular guest or anything like that, but I had a chance to uh, talk to a lot of people about what Star Wars means to them. And that was the question. So I, I, po I posed this question to a bunch of different people, and uh, um, I want to share uh, the answers I got, because I think... Uh, they're interesting, and I hope you'll find them interesting too. So here we go. Um, what does Star Wars mean to you on Serious Fun? For me, uh, and Brian, I don't, I'm not sure if you know this, but I grew up in the country, so mm -hmm. um, raised in the country. My parents were ginseng farmers, and our only form of entertainment other than what we did outside and had fun, was our video cassettes. My name is Mai Lowley, and I work at the Multi-Ethnic Student Affairs Office as their diversity director. One of the um, videos that my parents bought us was um, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I remember relating to Luke Skywalker because he was in, like, a, con like, in a planet that wasn't happening. And he just wanted adventure. And I think as a young kid, that was what Star Wars meant to me watching this. Um, it was just the sense of adventure and the sense of 
there has to be bigger purpose and there, there's more out there. So that is my first memory of Star Wars, of just like the awesomeness of there has to be more and the adventure that's outside of your home. Now, the second part of it was also the whole dynamic of good force, bad force, you know. Um, but it, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, it um, really installed my moral fiber. <laughs> I know. Church was great. Parents were good. <laughs> but it really was Star Wars of just like, you know, you know, temptations and, you know, making good decisions. Oh, that's bad for, you know, good energy, bad energy. But as a young kid, man, Star Wars really... Um, solidified my moral fight, my moral fiber, my moral center, and I think that was probably one of the most influential um, in 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 my sense of morality and my sense of goodness and badness. Um, Star Wars was really crucial in my development as a young child. And so this idea of Star Wars is something you grew up with as something that uh, you uh, really kind of uh, adhere to as a kid, carried over into a lot of the conversations I had, as it turned out. Um, and sometimes it was interesting how exactly that manifests. Uh, and, and here's one in which uh, Star Wars actually becomes part of the language of, of the family unit. I was thinking about Star Wars and realizing how much Star Wars is a holiday film or franchise for me, which is kind of funny. Um, what can you get a wooden for Christmas when he already owns a I'm Allison Sonninger. I'm a colleague here in Democracy and Justice Studies, where I'm an associate professor, and I also teach in Women and Gender Studies and Political Science. A tie clip, and he doesn't use shaving. I always talk about Die Hard being the best Christmas movie. Um, not that that's an original take, but uh, my family, I think, for many years watched the original three around Christmas time. Um, not quite a, as a rigid tradition, but it was pretty regular. Uh, I definitely associate Star Wars with my mother. She likes to quote all sorts of cheesy things from the original three, uh, which I think were important to her childhood. Um, so we'll be doing something and she'll, you know, say, oh, these are not the droids you're looking for if we can't find something. Like very, like, you know, frequent references. And then I think as I got older, my brother and I started a occasional tradition of watching the Christmas special together. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. Which, if you don't know, you should go Google it, because when we were watching it, you had to find a bootleg videotape. But now you can find it on the internet. And it's just this really objectively terrible um, in many ways. Like, it's both poorly acted and poorly shot and a terrible CGI of, like, miniature figures, holograms of Jefferson Starship, etc. Or is it airplane? I get them mixed up, but... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's just, it's really bad. It's this premise that 
Um, there's a, a special holiday that uh, you, you learn about Chewie's family and, and how everyone has to go back to try to get him there in time for the special holiday of Life Day. And it's just so bad and so good. And my brother and I would watch it over and over and um, bond over the badness of it. Um, and so it's, yeah, I have a, a lot of tenderness to thinking about my family vis-a-vis these characters and the holidays. Um, and I appreciate that the, the kind of grammar and humor um, that these original movies gave to us to, to celebrate together. Well, I am um, from the original generation of movies that came out. So um, I was 11 in 1977 uh, when Star Wars first came out into the movie theaters and it was a really different world then um, than it is now. Hi, I'm Georgina Wilson-Dengis and I'm a professor of psychology here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay and um, I'm also a passionate uh, fan of Star Wars. And so there was no social media, there was no um, watching movies at home kind of thing. And so going to the movie theater was a big deal. And so I got to go and see Star Wars with my older brother. He was two years older, so he was 13. My parents drove us (laughs) to the movie theater and um, I was mesmerized. I was absolutely enthralled with that movie. I... I ended up saving up all my babysitting money and going to see it six times while it was in the theater. Um, I'm not going to lie, I had a huge crush, a celebrity crush on Han Solo and Harrison Ford. I um, I had my room, my bedroom as a preteen was plastered uh, with Star Wars things. I, I brought along today, although the audience cannot see it, we'll post um, picture, yeah. <laughs> the original Star Wars game. It's called escape from death star and um, so my brother and i were very uh, very nerdy (laughs) and so this movie really spoke to us as young people um, the themes and the characters um, resonated with who we were Um, when empire strikes back came out like three years later I was then like a freshman in high school and my brother was a junior and so he got to drive us uh, to the theater and we actually camped out in costume. I went as Leia (laughs) with the donut hairstyle Uh, and so looking exactly Mm -hmm. like that with the... uh, uh, the, the white outfit on and so we dressed up in costume and camped out outside the movie theater because you couldn't buy your tickets online pre, uh, pre-sale that was a just different time and so uh, we and a whole bunch of other Star Wars fans sat outside of the theater and uh, waited to watch it and it was even better than the original, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, um, Empire Strikes Back is actually my favorite um, Star Wars film. I I just uh, adored it. And so um, we purchased for each other for Christmas, my brother and I, um, lightsabers, glorified 
flashlights with plastic on them and then we would fight each other in our basement uh, every day (laughs) Um, epic battles and uh, so I always had the green lightsaber and he always had the blue lightsaber and uh, and then um, upgraded to other ones as we got older Uh, it was just really fun and I um, was grown I grew up in a very religious family Mm -hmm. and so we went to um, Presbyterian youth camp it was called Triennium it was like a gathering of thousands of of youth uh, the summer of um, when Empire Strikes Back came out and um, the whole entire theme of this uh, weekend long Bible camp was uh, using Star Wars as the basis for the sermons that they gave and I was so like really just overjoyed (laughs) at hearing um, thinking about the force and how I really believed I still do believe that there is a spiritual entity um, that I like to refer to as the force Mm -hmm. I feel like it is a religion neutral idea of a higher power and a connection between people that um, really resonates uh, with me and I think that that's maybe why I've loved it so much is the idea of fighting for good over evil and um, the the thought of of a life force that connects all of us even in space um, or in another another you know universe my my kids are now you know like um, older teen uh, 21 and 18 and so um they got to experience well the original three movies which are not the original you know what i mean (laughs) the originally um produced three movies when they came out on vhs Mm -hmm. back in the day i had the collector's set and so we all watched it as a family um we now have all of the upgraded, uh, like the Darth Maul and the Mace Windu and, and other Count Dooku uh, lightsabers. And we would battle uh, in our basement just like my brother and I did. Uh, we've watched all of those films. And so it's been great to share that with my kids as well. And I plan on going to the... Uh, the midnight showing <laughs> on December 20th so with my kids and so I think that that is just something that I've enjoyed sharing with them as a next generation because it had so much meaning for me as a young person as well of course Star Wars is defined in part by being a thing that people obsess over it's almost kind of like a modern day religion as we kind of addressed here a couple times already and uh, I think the guys from the Not Exactly Radio podcast did a good job summing that up so I'm going to let them take it away Benny K from Not Exactly Radio right here Uh, we're dumb and we didn't record together so as you can hear Tony's not here it's just me right now Um, but don't worry he's got a little something to say about it for me, Star Wars, I'm kind of a late bloomer. I didn't actually see my first full-length Star Wars movie until I was 24. I saw episode four. Um, the reason for this is because when I was younger, I was like that guy that was like, oh, everyone else likes it, so I'm too cool for it. And that was a very dumb menta- mentality to have. Uh, and I please urge you to not have the same mentality because otherwise you're going to miss out on a lot of things. Uh, but Star Wars, uh, I compare it this way. I'm a big Packers fan. My friend Chris is not a big Packers fan. He likes to make fun of me for liking the Packers. Um, until one time, 
I took him to a Packers bar in Chicago, very cool place to watch a Packers game. Um, and then he saw all these fans together cheering, and he like he was like, "I get it, it's awesome." So I, I compare that to Star Wars because like after watching episodes four, five, and six, I get it. And I watched the most recent ones too. Uh, I actually haven't caught one, two, or three, but I probably should. Um, I know that people have said like it's okay that you missed those; it's fine. But uh, I probably should anyway. Um, but I get it now. I get like the fandom. I understand the appeal. Uh, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch, and I understand you're having a good time watching a bunch of heroes save the day. And sometimes you have those tense up and down moments, and it's just a fun thing. I totally get it now, and that's why. Uh, Star Wars, that's what Star Wars means to me. I'm going to hand it on over to Tony now. Let's see, so what does Star Wars mean to me? That's a, I feel it's a broad question, so uh, let's just start talking and see where it takes us. For me, Star Wars is, uh, I guess it's my favorite of um, all these franchises that I think people mischaracterized uh, the great Martin Scorsese when he was just saying that the Marvel movies are thrill rides because they very much are um, it doesn't mean that there isn't you know characterization and all that stuff that but to treat it as if it's above criticism for being merely mostly you know a product of entertainment is it entertaining and they sure as hell are and for me uh star wars was the most entertaining of those so for me um and i think it's both for my history because when i was a kid the original trilogy that's the first uh, narrative heavy narrative movies that i watched like all the time i just pieced it you know i obsessed over every detail knew it back to front as a kid and that just brought that you know love of Picking apart a story and loving every element of it, that's just something that I live to do all the time. And so that's why when somebody like, you know, a film director might not appreciate that something that you appreciate, you just need to understand it's from a different perspective. And so from my perspective, Star Wars is the most fun for me. Of just, But I still understand the way I enjoy it the most is taking it as a ride. And if I'm enjoying the ride, I'm having a good time. I think it's good. <laughs> and uh, within that fandom, I think it's one of those things that you start young and then it never fully leaves you, uh, Star Wars fandom. And uh, uh, our, our next guest uh, kind of illustrates that pretty well, I think. You know, Star Wars means my childhood in a lot of ways, but it also is the way that I think I've maintained my childhood as an adult. Hi, I'm Chris Vespia, and I'm a psychology professor here at UW-Green Bay. So it's the first movie that I really remember seeing, so I'm going to reveal my age. But at, um, at five years old, I, I saw Star Wars in the theaters, and I just remember being completely overwhelmed by all of it. And I immediately needed both a Princess Leia and an R2-D2 action figure. Um, and I can't find them, and that distresses me, that in my childhood <laughs> collection of things that I have, that's, those are not those things. Um, but then even as a doctoral student, so I was in my PhD program at Iowa when um, the 
re well, not the re-releases, but the the new versions uh, came out. The first sequels that were the prequels, and we waited in line. Um, <laughs> to be the first for the midnight showing and we felt like such geeky doctoral students as we did that um, but these are the movies that I own and that I have on in the background when I'm grading and they're stress relievers and they're just a nice escape um, yeah it's interesting you said escape um, because as a psychologist I'm sure you have some thoughts on that you know, um, yes. Um, interestingly enough, what uh, they were first introduced to me in an academic way when I was in college in our common course. We had a J-term common course we were all required to take, and we had movie days on Wednesday. And Star Wars was one of the ones that we watched, and we were asked to um, critique it as a kind of good, evil Nazis, you know, what what have you, uh, sort of a thing. So then someone tried to make it academic for me, and and I really I, I prefer my escape world with it. <laughs> My students still remember me using the the last Star Wars trailer that came out as um, a stress release uh, <laughs> tool uh, before finals. And so I was, I was meeting with some alums for coffee just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, did you show the trailer? Uh, and I looked at them and they're like, no, the, the trailer for the new Star Wars movie. When the last one came out, you showed it before finals week to help us with our stress. You mean you haven't shown the new one? <laughs> And they were quite disappointed that I hadn't, and so I have it prepped for tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, I thought it'd be a good way to kind of close this. Um, a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Justin Poro, sent me one, and uh, well, I'll, I'll let him kind of explain what he's getting at here. But the idea of Star Wars as a love language, I think, kind of ties a lot of this stuff together. So uh, let's let's give that a listen. Hello, Serious Fun Nation, or Serious Fundermans, or Serious Fun Army. I don't know what they they call the people who listen to this show. I apologize for that. My name is uh, Dr. Justin Perot, and um, uh, Dr. Carr uh, got in touch with me about uh, Star Wars memories and wanted to know um, a little bit uh, about what Star Wars means to me. And it took me a while to really kind of think this through because I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to say. And uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, my wife, Deidre, who uh, was like, well, don't just say it's your uh, it's your childhood because everybody says that. And then, of course, it left me a little deflated because I'm like, well, I was going to say that, but got me to thinking about it a little bit more about what I wanted to say. And I think what it is about Star Wars, and I know this is going to sound kind of corny and cheesy because of the fact that we see what's going on in social media when it comes to Star Wars, the kind of the vitriol about The Last Jedi and whatnot, but I I, I think it's really like almost kind of like a, a language of love. And I, I feel like I need to explain that, of course, because what are you talking about? It's Star Wars. But growing up, you know, we had the we had the holy trilogy. We had A New Hope. We had Empire, and we had Return of the Jedi. And you know, even though those movies had come out, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, it was kind of a cultural milestone for me and my friends and my family growing up. And I always didn't always know what to say with my dad 
but we could talk about Star Wars. Didn't always get along with my mom, but we could talk about Star Wars. And then as I got older, high school, we, you know, that was a thing we would talk about, Star Wars. When we got to college, that's whenever the special um, re-releases came out with the, the new CG and everything like that. And I made friends in college based off of our mutual love for Star Wars. And we would go out and go see those movies. And, you know, whenever me and my dad uh, were trying to deal with some personal family business, we made a point of stopping what we were doing and having a shared experience watching Phantom Menace and then Attack of the Clones and um, Revenge of the Sith. And it has always been the thing where I might not know a person, and I've always been an inherently shy person, but if I see they have a, a Darth Vader on their, um, on their desk, it's a good foot in the door for me to talk to somebody. Now, how does that relate to love? You know, we love Star Wars, and we can bond over that mutual love of Star Wars. And despite what, you know, all the kind of politics and everything else surrounding the release of Star Wars, uh, I don't care about that kind of stuff. I just like the fact that I'm able to find this thing that we all kind of like and bond over and that we enjoy. And ultimately, um, that's how I'm going to continue to feel about Star Wars because I, you know, recently have got a new baby and, you know, one of his favorite shirts right now is this one with a baby Darth Vader holding a balloon that looks like a Death Star. And it's, you know, it's for me, but it's also for the younger generation. It's going to continue to be that way. We have things like The Mandalorian. We have spinoff movies. We have all these things that are going to continue to feed the fandom long after I'm gone from this earth. And that, I think, is a pretty amazing thing. And if that's not what love is, I'm not sure what it is. Um, so thanks again for the opportunity to speak about Star Wars. I'm looking forward to the release of Rise of Skywalker. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next when it comes to Star Wars fandom. And the Star Wars uh, media franchise. All hail our wonderful Disney overlords. And one last thing. Uh, whoever's in charge of Disney Plus, release the Ewok adventure, you cowards. And so there you go. What does Star Wars mean to you? I'd love to hear about it. Go to twitter.com slash learnonaut and send me a tweet. Uh, you can also comment on this episode at the SoundCloud page for Serious Fun, which is, of course, soundcloud.com slash serious underscore 
fun. Uh, I wanted to give a big thanks again to everybody who participated and uh, to all the folks who I reached out to but didn't get to me. I want to thank you as well. Um, but uh, big thanks uh, to Chris Vespia and Georgina Denges and Allison Stodinger uh, and Milo Lee and the, uh, the guys from Not Exactly Radio and Justin Poro. Thank you all so much for participating. If you want to check out some more Phoenix Studios podcasts, don't forget to go to uwgb.edu forward slash podcast. You can check out all those podcasts and Stitcher, your podcast app, or wherever it is you download find podcasts. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been Serious Fun, and of course, may the Force be with you. You just listened to a Phoenix Studio production, the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. For more podcasts, visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. Laugh it up, fuzzball.